Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Man, look like the crew are going to get the sweep today. Doesn't end up that way. They win two out of three against the Orioles, though. Very good baseball team, so we're okay. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Glad you're with us. Sandy Max is here, so is Greg Matzik and Debbie Lazaga. Adam is producing the show this afternoon. I don't know what Wagner does with this garbage can. It's like down here, kind of like between my legs. I don't know what he's... Is he eating peanuts I, while the yeah, game's on? That's a very good question. <laughs> what, what is going on? Actually, Jeff uh, is in Chicago enjoying the theater. So oh, it, that, you know what? today it would be Steve Scafidi You raise a great point because usually the garbage can's not down here where it was, but <laughs> Scafidi was in here. So this is the Scafidi garbage can location. I want you to weigh in on this topic, especially if you live in Menominee Falls. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. 855-616-1620. So I live in the falls. Greg lives in the falls. I've gone to the parade there for 25 years, literally. It's on July 3rd. It's always on July 3rd. It's a nighttime parade at 7 o'clock. So for decades, there's been a tradition in the falls where you go way ahead of time. And you set out your lawn chairs. You put up a tent. Some people even use rope and stakes, and they claim spots in the median along the popular roads of the parade route. So several years ago, it started to get out of control. People were literally putting their stuff out there like a week ahead of time. And so you'd be going to the supermarket or wherever, and there were folding chairs and stuff all over the median and on the sides of the roads, on the main roads. So they cracked down, and they eventually got to the point where they said, 24 hours ahead of time. You can put your stuff out. You can do your land grab. You can grab your spot. <laughs> Literally stake your claim. Yes. 24 hours in advance is what it's been. Okay. Meaning that at 7 o'clock on Friday night, you're free to claim your spot. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't solve things either. Things have been bad. There have been fights. I was at the parade one year, and I witnessed two people uh, literally come to fisticuffs, and the police arrested people and took them away because one guy said my lawn chair was there first, and the other guy said you got there more than 24 hours ahead of time. It was ugly. So now the compromise they've come up with is they say because of those situations and the fact that parades have become, unfortunately, sometimes dangerous, like what happened in Waukesha, they don't want crowds of people and piles of stuff far ahead of time. You can set your things out two and a half hours before the parade. So the parade's at 7 o'clock on Saturday. At 4.30, you can start to put stuff out. Police officers, during the day leading up to that, will be patrolling the main areas. And if they see lawn chairs, picnic tables, blankets, they're going to pick it up and they're going to take it, consider it abandoned. So now you have two and a half hours. I think this is going to make things worse. (laughs) Now at 4.30, so like at at 3 o'clock, 3.30, people are going to be staging they're going to be standing with the blankets under their arm and the and the lawn chairs on their back. And they're going to be looking at their watch and beep, 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 beep. It's 430 and be sprinting out there and it's going to be madness. It, it's like a bar saying we'll have free beer all day and then changing it to we're going to have free beer from 7 to 7.15. <laughs> right? Yeah. You've got 15 minutes. Go get go, it. Go now. Whatever. Two and a half hours worth. I, we were there last year as a family. And it is chaos. I mean, there's people all over the place, and you, you got to figure out where to park, and it's kind of complicated. If you get there late and you're in a church parking lot, you're at North Hills Country Club, you walk down to the high school, which is kind of the intersection of where everything is happening, yep. you try and find a spot. It is chaotic, and there's a lot of people out there before you even think there should be because of what you just mentioned, John. It's kind of a free-for-all. And it's gotten dangerous. I mean, last year in the grocery store parking lot right yes. on the parade route, 
this chaos was taking place and someone actually got run over by a car because mm-hmm. the cars ran out of the parking lot and people are scrambling all over. Um, I, I don't get it. From the 262, Menominee Falls people are nuts with the July 4th parade. We won't go anymore. <laughs> it's, it is crazy. How how long is this parade route? Like, Would it make more sense to extend the route to spread people out I to help resolve pretty, some of it's this? It's pretty long, but people want to be in the same area. Like Appleton Avenue is the main drag through Menominee Falls, and there's a wide median. And so people want to be in that area. There are other parts of the parade route already where mm-hmm. people don't stand. Like if you're in the parade like I have been, you go through blocks and blocks where there aren't people standing. And then you get to this couple congested areas where everybody wants to be in the same spot. But that just makes no sense to me. It's a parade. They're going to walk by you no matter where you stand. And then yeah. there are fireworks. You'll be able to see the fireworks from where you are, correct? Well, I'm then everybody... Yeah, for the most I'm part, trying to help For the most this. part, yeah. Well, all right, so they usually <laughs> fire the fireworks off very close to the high school. Right. Right, there's some fields sort of in the back of the high school, and there's kind of a collection area of people, if you're familiar with the area, off Appleton Avenue, kind of by where the track and the football field is, and the fireworks are let off in that general direction. So it becomes the, the congregating point, and because there's ample parking, like there's there's spots to park, there's grocery stores, and... You know, they're pretty agreeable to have you to sort of park your car. More than likely, you're going to have to park a little further away and, then, and, and walk. Uh, I just don't really get parades. Just it, just being perfectly candid. I, I parades love parades. Are, I, I, I know. I just it, there's there's, a song little, I like the parade. It's a little bit much of a hassle. I, I kind of like the beer on the patio, watching the fireworks from all the different districts, then being in the You don't get to fray. see the dancing grannies, then, if you're yeah, on your patio, I'm, 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 and the I'm, band. I'm yeah, cool that's, that too. that's the gathering of the community. I'm, yeah, I'm in on that, but... Boo. Right, and then fights in the parking lot, people getting run over, and then furniture <laughs> being it, broken Greg, part of the excitement. broken over your head. Does this make you not want to go? This yes, now two and a half it hour does. cram fest. Well, now, would you be out there early doing it? Have no. You, have you been? I, a, I have before, you, <laughs> and it was terrible. So I got this figured out. You should not be able to go at all and cool. leave your stuff. Period. You, if you're going and you're bringing your chair, then you're sitting your butt there and waiting for the parade. Sure. Taking your stuff and leaving it there two and a half hours or seventeen hours ahead of time, and then going home and coming back, and no. You go, and when you go, you're there. And if you leave, your stuff gets thrown out. See, that's old school. Like It reminds me of concert tickets way back in the day, where if you wanted to go see a concert and you were the first person in line at the Ticketron or Ticketmaster or the record yeah. store or the Sears, wherever it was, like, all right, then you earned your – like, but you had to be there. Right. You couldn't let anybody in line before you. Oh, I was waiting for someone or, you know, right. draw a little chalk outline that you could be there. What's this leaving your chair there and then coming back? I've never understood you, that. No, you can't do that. I And if you want to be there that badly, then invest that time. Well, it's, it's like right. the chaos at the lake with the fireworks, right? On July yes, 3rd, do the downtown. same thing, yeah. right? Or the old circus parade. Get out there the night before. <laughs> Just... Or just never been that or more to than see that. a parade. Nuts. Well, the other thing, really not. Uh, so they're not allowing tents either because growing up in Louisville, the Derby Festival was always big, and they've started a huge fireworks festival in April called Thunder Over Louisville, where it's a big mm-hmm. deal, bridges mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I had cousins who would camp out, set up tents. That's how badly That's they wanted nuts. to see the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, just look up in the sky. They're there. Well, big, big good luck to Menominee yeah, Falls good Police luck. Chief Mark Waters. Uh, he's got his... Work cut out for yeah. him on July 3rd. He sure does. Like. He's a good guy, too. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ.
Sandy is back from Spain. And uh, you went to one of my favorite cities. I wanted to ask you about your impressions of Barcelona because I absolutely oh. love, love, love Barcelona. And I love Las Ramblas. That's the main street with the shops and the, the plaza, restaurants and bars. Yeah, and plaza, the plaza. You can walk down. Right to the water. Yes. Your impressions of Barcelona. Really enjoyed it. Expected a lot because yep. Barcelona is known for art. You know, I'm an, I'm an art chick. I enjoy mm-hmm. that. Um, very walkable. Uh, actually did a double-decker bus tour for the two days I was there. Oh, I'd fun. hop on and hop That's off. That's fun. Because there's a lot to cover. It's in between yep. two mountains. Uh, but yep. it was interesting to remember that the 1992 Olympics were in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And uh, Santiago Calatrava, who designed the Brise de Soleil on the Milwaukee Art Museum, also designed this... Bear with me, a cell phone tower. <laughs> but only in Spain can they have a cell phone tower, you know, designed by this creative architect, and it's got this big bend curve. It almost looks like a Z, and it's supposed to emulate an athlete receiving a medal, like bowing to get that. So it's a very creative city. The food is great. The um, Las Ramblas that you were talking about, really, you can just stroll and ramble down it, but yeah. you can turn down all these little streets mm-hmm. and find everything from record stores to tapas bars and found some really fun places to tuck in and have a vermouth and some olives and uh, just kind of stroll and eat my way through there. But you know what the crown jewel of Barcelona is? Sagrada Familia. Oh. Incredible, right? The the Gaudi masterpiece. Wow. If you are not familiar with this. Yeah. Incredible. Sagrada Familia. It is an unfinished church, also called a, a temple at this point. It is been under construction for almost 100 years. It might be finished in 2030. And this is going to have at least 18 different towers. There are three different entrances incredible. that are completely sculpted, inspired by the Bible, but also by nature. One side is very modern and depicts Christ's crucifixion. The other side is more mm-hmm. sculptural and has all these nature and animals and trumpeters. It, it is And they've been working on it at a record pace the last five years. They've worked faster than they ever have in the history of it, and they're going to get it done. I'm glad you told me you went inside. Because outside, people have seen it. If you Google it, you'll see the structure and you'll know it. It's very ornate. It's it's gothic and kind of creepy in a way. Inside is sleek and modern oh. and full of light. I mean, it's yeah, it's incredibly ornate on the outside. One could even say like taggy, but it isn't because yeah. every single image, every single sculpture, every single thing is symbolic for a reason. And it's inspired by nature. And when you go inside... Well, my boyfriend, his friend Casey, said, you got to go inside. And you told me that you told me that, too. I'm yep, like, yep. why would I go inside? It's not finished on the outside. It's going to yep. be, what, plaster and tools yeah. laying around? Like, I don't want to see an unfinished inside. <gasps> it is spectacular. And actually, WTMJ.com, if you watch live, um, Adam is showing some of the video and the photos I took. Gaudi was such an innovator yep. and creative along the lines of Santiago Calatrava, but he was so inspired by nature. It's not just round columns. The columns on the inside of the church are shaped like white stone trees. Yep, exactly. Trunks, and then rainbow colored stained glass on the sides. And because these columns go so high, all this natural light floods in. And it's at incredible. Times, I mean, it is it's, just it gives truly me inspiring. Yeah. If, yeah. It, it, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, I just can't say it, enough about incredible. it. It is. It is an I was saying otherworldly yesterday about the Calatrava campus in Valencia. It is truly inspiring in so many ways. And then there's a museum as you leave the the church under construction. But Gaudí himself, 
this complete visionary, but he was in the studio every single day working on plaster models and sculptures. So there's a whole other area of Gaudi's on. work where you can go in Barcelona and you see like his little village, his fantasy land that yes. he constructed. Yes. All right. Hey, before we run out of time. I want to make sure we let people know that you're going back to Europe. You're going to England, one of your very favorite places in the world. And you're taking listeners. I love this. When is it? It's this fall, right? October 12th through the 21st. And if you enjoy architecture, we're going to go inside Westminster Abbey, another inspiring space. And also the smallest English chapel, one of the smallest in Oxford, Christ Church Cathedral. Hmm. So we'll enjoy the architecture there. But it's a really fun trip called The Beatles and More, an England adventure. So we'll see some London and Liverpool landmarks and uh sip and snack our way through England. But we'll also go to Oxford, Windsor. We'll go inside Windsor Castle. Oh, we've all seen that in the news. We're, that's cool. Yeah, we're going to go to Stonehenge. Oh, my God. That, that's kind awesome. of the opposite of architecture, but not really, because it's <laughs> set up in a big slabs in a circle that are pagan and mysterious. But yeah, I would love to send you the itinerary. We've been talking about it for a bit. We're about to uh, fill up, so there's still some spaces Sandy at WTMJ.com. S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. I could send you the brochure, and we also have it posted at WTMJ.com. It's beautiful stuff. So send Sandy, send Sandy excuse me, an email. Sandy at WTMJ.com. And Let's you'll get travel together. We'll have fun. It's 444 at WTMJ. Shared revenue. A deal has been reached. A guy that was kind of quietly at the center of a lot of the discussions, or for sure was definitely involved in what was going on, is Tim Sheehy, the president of MMAC. Tim is with us live up next. Tim Sheehy always takes care of business. He's the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Hey, Tim, thanks for being with us. John, good to be with you. Um, I kind of had an inkling maybe something was up yesterday because you have been closely involved in a lot of the discussions around shared revenue and the possibility of Milwaukee having permission to increase taxes. You've been very involved, and you've actually physically been in Madison a lot. And then yesterday, um, you had something come up in the afternoon. This came at the same time that Robin Voss was saying this needs to get done now, and Senator Lemahieu, the majority leader, was saying this needs to get done now or it's not going to. When did you know that this was going to get done? Well, late last night, and you know the way I would the way I would start this is by saying that you know Governor Evers, Speaker Voss, and Majority Leader Lemieux really put aside their differences to reach a compromise to put Wisconsin first. And for all the animosity that's gone back and forth over the years, I, I think this is really a historic agreement when it comes to both what they did with shared revenue, the sales tax and uh, the K-12 package that's rolling out. I'm going to ask you one more question about logistics, and then we do want to actually talk about, you know, the bulk of what's in this thing. Uh, Did Voss and Lemahieu's threats to strip those Milwaukee provisions out work? Did that move this to the finish line? Yeah, the way I would describe this, it's almost like a, it's almost like if you were having a family argument in your driveway and all the neighbors could listen to you, they would think, what a dysfunctional family you have. (laughs) But, but you come to an agreement. And so this is part of the negotiating process between the three of them. And we don't always have to like how it happens. But the point is, I think they got to a really good decision together across political lines. So it will not have to go to referendum if the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County want to raise or implement a sales tax does not have to go to referendum. How big a deal is that provision? It's a big deal. And, you know, here's the way to look at it. You know, the shared revenue increase means that every community across Wisconsin will get a minimum 20% increase. 
Um, and that kind of scratches a 20-year itch where there hasn't been any increase in shared revenue. The second thing that everybody needs to know is that that shared revenue will increase with the sales tax revenue. So there's growth built in in the future. And then for Milwaukee, it looks like the city will get a 2% sales tax increase and the county will get a 0.4% sales tax increase. But they're both dedicated to getting rid of the pension liability that exists and investing in public safety. And so I'm a firm believer that the mayor and the county executive, the common council and the county board were elected to make these difficult decisions. And now they're going to have to make that decision with what looks like to be, you know, a two thirds vote uh, or a three, sorry, a three quarters vote by both the county board and the common council. And I think that makes sure that we're all held accountable to the taxpayers. Tim Sheehy is with us on WTMJ. Tim, I'm going to be fascinated to see how those two governing bodies work because there are things in there that they really don't like at all. They were told how they can and cannot spend money. Resource officers have to go back into schools. Like you said, it was a compromise, but there are things in there clearly that some members of the Common Council and County Board will not like. Do you believe there's a possibility that there might not be enough votes in one of those to get this desperately needed tax increase or implementation through? Yeah, I certainly don't think we take any votes on the Common Council or the County Board for granted. People are going to have concerns, but my answer would be we've been kicking this can down the road for 20 years. The next kick goes off the cliff. So as difficult as this package is, and and there are things in here that people don't like, the answer to a vote no on this is drastic 25% cuts in city and county services, and I think nobody wants to sign up for that vote. Tim, how long can we enjoy this progress? When's the next time we're going to wrangle with shared revenue? Well, I think the legislature is going to view that we're not going to wrangle with shared revenue for decades. Um, Now, that may not prove to be true, but I think this puts, um, it, it puts the car down the road for at least a decade. It doesn't solve all the fiscal problems. But again, if I look back over the past 20 years, that's why I call this historic. We've gotten two parties, two different parties in the governor's office and the legislature to work with the mayor and the county executive who are selfless and tireless on this to come up with an answer that really does give us significant breathing room here in Milwaukee. Tim, it seems there have been three things that have been front and center and all being worked on at the same time. One is the budget and the traditional standalone parts of the budget. The second was shared revenue and help for Milwaukee. The third was funding for the ballpark. Now that shared revenue is done, does that allow efforts to be more concentrated on how to get funding done for American Family Field? It it, it certainly does because it removes the mystery of how much the city and county have if they're asked to contribute. And it also clears away... Um, a major issue so the legislature can finish the budget and then start to focus on how to fund uh, an extension for the, for the lease for the team. You know, it cracks me up that both sides reach this agreement and then take shots at each other. And this is an historic agreement. This is a really big deal, especially for Milwaukee, which drives the economic engine in the state of Wisconsin. Do you sense that there's more a sense of relief that this is done than joy? Well, I'm certainly joyful, but I also get the, the um, I also get the fatigue, the deal fatigue that goes on uh, when you work on something like this for for months, and in some cases for years. So I think maybe what you're hearing is a little bit of deal fatigue. But at the end of the day, when we look back at this in five years, 
I think people are going to recognize, again, that the governor, the speaker, and the majority leader put, put aside their differences and made a really good decision, not only for Milwaukee, but for the state of Wisconsin. Well, Tim, you've been there with a front row seat. Now you can have some joy that the shared revenue has been settled. What other good news is on your, is on your radar? Yeah, the other good news is almost going unseen, as this has been discussed. And that is, again, I'm going to use the word historic twice, uh, and that's a historic investment in, in K-12, um, both in terms of uh, public school funding and in terms of kind of closing the gap for kids that are in choice in charter schools who are funded at thousands of dollars less. So I, I think the governor gets a big win here. He gets per-pupil increases. He gets an increase in special ed for all the public school students across the state. And then for the uh, schools that are um, accepting kids uh, on, on vouchers or into independent charters, they get a big boost. And so I think this is the hidden good news in this discussion. Again, if this holds up, that we're putting our money where our mouth is when it comes to, you know, supporting the future talent that we need to grow our economy. Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Always great perspective. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity.